welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat Live from the Intel Developer Forum. It's day two of live casting from IDF. I'm Allison Klein. Today I'm joined by Mario Panacea, Intel Fellow and GM of Silicon Photonics. Welcome, Mario. Welcome, thank you. Pleasure to be here. So Mario, you have been talking about silicon photonics uh, for a long time at, at Intel, and, and, it, and I want to talk to you about the progress we've made in the industry, but you brought a celebrity guest along with you today. Do you want to introduce him? Yes, I have Andy Becklesheim here, who's the founder of not only Sun Microsystems, but the founder and chairman of Arista Networks, which just recently went public. Welcome, Andy. Pleasure to be here. Welcome, Andy, and it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, I'm very honored, and um, you know, you were out on the stage at the keynote today at IDF with Diane Bryant, talking about the need for a hundred gig and uh, a product that you guys released. Do you just want to uh, give the audience a sense of, of what that's all about? So, our largest customer base is actually the large cloud service providers that are building enormous size data centers with hundreds of thousands of servers. And the, the newly accepted network topology in these large clouds is, is a fully interconnected mesh where each server has, maybe it's 10 gigabit per server, but they're equally connected to all other servers. So by the time you have hundreds of thousands of servers, you actually need petabits and petabits of aggregate throughput to perform the complete interconnection. Mm -hmm. And this has all kinds of benefits to the application writers because they don't have to worry about data placement and where something is running because everything looks completely uniform across the entire cloud. So when you get to 100 gigabits, obviously we get to the limits of what copper can do. So how have you guys looked at, at uh, the in physical interconnects for that yeah, product? So, so before I go there, I mean, today people use typically 10 gig to the server and 40 gig to the backbone. Mm -hmm. But obviously it's much better to build these large capacities with a 100 gigabit interconnect uh, that, uh, you know, it's just the, the best way mm -hmm. to build large networks. And um, the, we have some initial products on the market. We have a racktop switch we announced uh, recently that has, it's the first product with a 100 gig QSFP uplink. And we mm -hmm. have uh, line cards on our modular chassis that have 100 gig QSFPs. But quite frankly, you know, the, the biggest challenge today is the cost of these optics and uh, they cost significantly more than the underlying silicon cost. And for that reason, uh, 100 gig won't be mainstream until these 100 gig optics become basically cost effective. Now, in the keynote, it, it, it was almost presented that um, 100 gigabit was surprising that it's time for 100 gigabit. Why do you think that is in terms of the, the broad industry seeing this as something that's right for today? Well, the, the cloud service providers wanted 100 gigabit 10 years ago. In mm -hmm. fact, I remember an IEEE meeting in 19, uh, no, sorry, 2007, where people were arguing that, you know, let's just skip 40 gig and go straight to 100 because we really need the higher speed. But we're actually very lucky to have done the 40 gigabit because that was available sooner, cost effectively, and that's what's being deployed today. But ultimately, people want to go faster and Ultimately, 100 gigabit will be more cost competitive than 40 gig, but it is a function of the total system cost. And I think, uh, you know, if you think about what's happening, what's happening today in the cloud and the data center, the, the rate of advancements and the, the need to go faster, cheaper, I think is unprecedented. I don't know about Andy's been in this industry a long time, but I think it's 
that industry, at least that I'm finding, it just, they will take the, the technology as fast as they can get it, as mm -hmm. soon as they can get it. And I think this is where I think you see the, the, the growth of data, the growth of Internet of Things. I, I think it's only going to get worse, mm -hmm. or the demand will only get better. Do you see? And then, you know, it, it's all driven in the intercommunication pattern within the application. So people tend to use the, the latest Intel CPUs, which are going faster and faster and have more and more throughput. They're now configuring you know, big memory and flash everywhere, which tends to increase the number of IOs you can do. So everything that's being done is to enhance the throughput of these very large you know, compute clusters. Mm -hmm. And the, the network is an, a very important part of that to not slow the applications down. Sure, that makes perfect sense. Now, Mario, obviously, silicon photonics is part of this equation. And, and you were in the keynote in a, in a way today. You were running around the keynote floor with a silicon photonics cable. Um, I've got a serious question for you uh, first, which is, what is the at the root of silicon photonics that helps with the economics um, of the delivering 100 gigabit and, and faster speeds? So, first of all, as you know, uh, we've been working on silicon photonics here at Intel for over a decade, right? Just to give you an idea of how long it's taken to, to build a technology that didn't exist 10 years ago. But the, the root of the technology is building optical devices out of mainstream silicon processing to allow us to produce these devices in high volume. Mm -hmm. So we now have technologies that we're producing in our factories, in our fabs. They are capable of producing in a volume factory, so we have, just like Moore's Law, the capability to drive costs down. These are chips that communicate between other chips optically, and now we package them, and so now we have an ability to drive connectivity optically at very high bandwidths. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the, the high bandwidth, but because it's based in silicon photonics, we can scale that technology. But as Andy was saying, we, we believe we have the other piece of the puzzle, which is bringing high bandwidth, low cost optical connectivity in and around the server and, and more importantly in the data center. Mm -hmm. and, and this is in, in contrast to today where people literally do manual assembly of components under the microscope in some big production line in China you know, like little ladies with the little hands being able to optimize mm -hmm. the placement of the fiber. It's just not a very cost-effective sure. thing to do, even if your cost of labor is low. So I think that, you know, one question, this is my non-serious question, is that you were running around the keynote hall with a silicon photonics cable, and I want to know if you knew how many laps you could have made had you not been stopped and how long is that cable actually? So that cable that was there, understand, and we have two different things that we can talk about. So the technology we have that we're introducing with that cable, that cable was from Corning, by the way, and we call it a new cable for the data center, which we call MXC, mm -hmm. which ironically is a, a name that Andy came up with, or a, a logo. Mm -hmm. um, and that cable was 300 meters. Okay. So to put it into context, 300 meters is essentially three football fields, right? So that's just one technology. Now the benefit of photonics is, in your fiber, you can go unlimited distance. Mm -hmm. And data centers are much bigger than 300 meters. And as you, these data centers are growing bigger and bigger, Andy and I, about four months ago, right? And at Interop, April. We announced a new alliance, which we opened up to the industry to develop a new uh, standard, or open source, for up to two kilometers. Mm -hmm. So this is now a technology that not only covers, you know, couple hundred meters, but we want a technology and a, a capability that goes out to two kilometers, which hopefully scales for the next 10 years as these data centers are getting right. bigger and bigger. And, and a little more background here, which is uh, five years ago in 2009 when the IEEE uh, 802.3 committee had to pick 
the optic standards for 100 gig, they picked two standards. One was 100 meter reach over multi-mode, which isn't actually long enough for most large data centers these days. And then they picked a 10 kilometer duplex single mode, but the spec was written so it's fairly expensive to make and it's actually unnecessarily expensive. Right. So the problem that wasn't solved is to actually have the connectivity for the kind of reaches and distances that are required in the cloud, which is this one to two kilometer range. And that's what the CLR4 Alliance is addressing, is to come up with a spec that you know everybody can support. And we have now 29 public uh, supporters and more that are non-public that all have committed to you know make or, or use these parts and, and promote this spec. Because this is what's needed to actually turn on the 100 gig market, is to have a low-cost optics that can do this. So, Andy, where is your vision for where this is going long-term in terms of driving this core capability. Obviously, it starts with what you've introduced in, in the, for CSPs today, but where do you think that this is going to go in three years' time and five yeah, there, years' time? There's been some talk in the industry that the, you know, the ultimate potential of silicon photonics is you can put it right on the CPU chip, but that's really, really far out, uh, and it may, in fact, never happen because the processes involved are actually not the same. The important thing about silicon photonics is just cost reduction and volume manufacturing, and those, of course, go hand in hand, which is Today, not just today, <laughs> you know, for the foreseeable future, the cost of optics completely dominates the cost of these 100 gig network solutions. And it is because n nobody else can make 100 gig optics in a cost-effective fashion. Yeah, and I think this is the, you know, what we, we always call about integrated silicon photonics. So it's not just building devices in silicon, it's the ability to integrate lots of those devices. So, you know, we talk about 100 gig today. Mm -hmm. But companies and, and industry, and even you know, our, my friend right next door is already asking, when can I get 400 gig? Wow. And we have on the HPC side, if you look at aggregate bandwidths, they're already asking for one, two terabit plus. So the value of integration and the value of silicon photonics is it's a solution that will continue to scale as we integrate more components together. We continue to drive frequency or speed up. And so this is a technology that not only will deliver today's solution, but we believe will continue to scale to multiple terabits in the future as we drive our performance and our CPU performance up. Yeah, and, and one more point on this, which is today the most common interface at the server level in the cloud is actually 10 gigabit. Mm -hmm. Next year that may go to 25, then to 50, and sooner or later it actually will be 100 gigabit to the server, which then drives up to 10 times right. the throughput on across the whole fabric. So there really isn't a hard limit of how much bandwidth people want. It's simply a question of cost performance. People will deploy more bandwidth if it becomes cheaper. Take advantage of, Take advantage of mm -hmm. the fact that they can deploy more bandwidth as the costs come down here. Yeah. So when, when we take a look at this, um, from Arista's perspective, what, do you get, what, do you, your, what is your vision for Arista's role in making this transition happen? And how do you work with other industry players, like in, in things like the industry consortium that you talked about? Right. What so, are the key things? Yeah, so we, we have said publicly that you know, we don't make our own chips, we don't make our own optics. We work with the best of breed suppliers of chips and optics to build our systems. And um, that, that formula has served us very well. I mean, it's, there's very significant investments required to make silicon photonics, you know, on both the manufacturing, the technology development, and so on. And, you know, we do benefit from the fact that, you know, strong companies like Intel have been working R&D in this space for many, many years, and are, you know, on the verge of bringing these kind of products to market. What do we expect in terms of deployments over the next 12 months, now that products are available in the marketplace? Are we are we starting to see evaluations and? Well, it's, oh. it's, it's still early days, okay? Mm -hmm. so. Um, 
we, we, we the, the demand is there, uh, but the you know the volume adoption requires the optics to be in volume manufacturing. Yes. And I think we've said earlier that maybe about a year out. Okay. Yeah, I think if you look at the, you know if you look at the industry, there's always the lead adopters and those the people out front, and then there's the mass market adoption. Mm -hmm. And I think there's two things here. One is as Andy talked about it. One is what I'll call merchant silicon. Mm -hmm. So you know merchant switch silicon, which if you look at the top of the rack out, is starting to sample today at 100 gigabit per second. Um, and that will probably get into volume production in the second half of 15. Mm -hmm. Right, Andy? Right. And so, on the silicon photonics front, we actually have 100 gig capability today. We've been sampling that to customers, and we'll be launching that technology in various applications, and we'll be ready for the, not only the early adopters, but we'll be ready for the volume uh, market adoption in the second half 15 and as we go into 16. Now, you guys have spent a lot of time talking about cloud service providers, and obviously they are, they are the earliest users of technology. They will integrate more quickly than anybody else. But beyond the cloud service provider data center, where else are the market opportunities for this technology? Yeah, so the um, enterprise is a little slower here in the sense that the traditional applications, which are more like vertical siloed stacks running on mm -hmm. the machines, just don't have those kind of network bandwidth requirements. Having said that, you know, there's an increasing interest and, and adoption enterprise for private cloud, sort of not the same scale as the service provider, but you know, maybe it's a couple of racks or a corner of the data center where they're running some Hadoop cluster, where they have actually exactly the same connectivity and bandwidth requirements as the large cloud service provider. So mm -hmm. there will be pockets of deployment early on and then perhaps more wider over time as people fully virtualize their workloads and go to these you know, purely software-defined uh, data centers, but it, it, it will take longer in the enterprise because people have a lot of legacy investments that you know just take time to roll over. Whereas in the cloud, you know, people just deploy the latest and greatest as soon as it works. Yeah, and I think the other area is we talk about the cloud and the, whether it's public, private, enterprise. Another big area is the high performance computing segment, mm -hmm. right? So these are, you know, systems and machines that, you know, have lots of nodes that are all connected, but every rack is fully meshed with every other rack and connectivity. And so the biggest issue there is just the connectivity. And so they're having the same thing. The, the physical layers or the IOs are going to 25 gig. You know, we're, we announced a true scale fabric or omni-scale fabric, which is the next generation, which will be coming out of 25 gig. So another big area where we see the, the need and the want for photonics and silicon photonics is in high performance computing where you're putting 50, 100 systems together. Sure. These are 20 megawatt big massive power reduction. The cabling there alone the weight, and so these are areas where not only they benefit from the speed, but the lightweight, the thinness, the lightness, the airflow capability of high-performance systems is, is begging for silicon photonics and or photonic connectivity in and around those systems. And, and to be more specific, at, at 25 gig per channel, the maximum reach with conventional you know, 20x copper cable is basically three meters. So it mm -hmm. may work within the rack, but for any multi-rack installation, you actually need an optics solution. Right, so I would assume that that is a real limiter to uh, high-performance computing yeah, unless they at, move to optics. Yeah, no, at, at 10 gig per channel, I mean, these links ran five to seven meters, and at you know, five gig per channel, you could run them 20 meters. Mm -hmm. But as the speed goes up, the reach in the copper goes down inversely. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, I learned a lot, and uh, we'd love to have you on again in the future as you guys make progress towards this vision. Well, thank you so much, Great. and it's been a pleasure working with uh, Arista, and it's a pleasure. Thank you, Andy, for coming. Thank you. 
Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 